Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, let's just quickly take our declaration of understanding. As we always do, let's do it again. One, two, let's go. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. A fresh word is coming to you again this evening in the name of Jesus Christ. And that word will turn you around and take you up to another level in Jesus' name. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. It looks like we can't get away from what we've been talking about for some time yet. So let's do it one more time. And that's the fact that our help comes from the Lord. We're talking about the place of our help. Again, let me just remind us, as a matter of beginning again today, that faith is required to activate spiritual realities into the physical world. Please don't ever forget that. Things just don't happen by chance. The only thing that happens spontaneously, well, it looks like most of the time they are bad things. I hope you're getting my point. The real ones, the good ones, have to be activated. Jesus died for people. You have to go and tell them. I hope you're getting my point. They have to believe it. They have to receive it. All right? How you receive it is by accepting it. All right? That is when I say, well, that's like receive and accept the same thing. What I mean that whatever, what, that thing you are told, agree with it. Agree with it to the bottom of your heart and start living by it. That is how you receive it. That is how you activate the reality of it. So if Jesus died for somebody and you don't tell them, do you follow? It's technically of no good to them. They will remain in bondage and that bondage will not be broken. What breaks the bondage is the delivery of the news. Say to the cities of Zion. You have to say something to people. That's why Paul said, I'm doing you know, in my body, that I'm fulfilling in myself that which is lacking in the sacrifice of Jesus. I used to wonder, how can you tell me something is lacking in the sacrifice of Christ Jesus? It was later on I realized what Paul was saying. Jesus died for people. They didn't know about it. It's not going to do them any good. So you tell them. He said, how can they believe except they hear? So they have to hear so they can believe so that the thing can be activated in their lives. Let me remind us of what deliverance, how deliverance comes to people, is to tell them what God has done for them. I hope you're getting my point. Many people want to do deliverance with laying on of hands. No. If you tell people you have been delivered, once the federal realizes it, he's delivered. Deliverance is not a result of prayer. It's a result of the sacrifice of Jesus. I don't know whether you're getting what I'm saying. Can a whole race of people be in bondage? Yes. Can a family be under a curse? Yes. Can an individual be under a curse and be in bondage? Yes. How do you break that bondage? I'm telling you, it's the good news. You know, you've heard different um, people say different things about how to take, you know, how to deliver people. You know, people want to raise, sometimes they say, <laughs> there's one we do it sometimes in Nigeria. They say that in, in 1977, Festac, you've heard of Festac? 
Now, most of you here, <laughs> you only heard of Festac. It's history. I remember Festac. I watched Festac on TV. I was very small, but I watched Festac on TV. We used to sing about it in school. That is the song. Festac 77, 77 is here. I rem- that's the only line I remember. But I remember the tune. I remember it from that time. It's called the Festival of Arts and Culture. So they brought a lot of things from different parts of Africa to Nigeria. So the church said that we brought all the gods. Because of all the shigidis, the mass, they brought all of them. So we said that's how our problem began. No, that's not true. Okay? Now understand that that's not true. I'm not saying they didn't contribute, but that was not where it began. So part of the solution we try to give is that let's now gather and do praise. Praise is good. It is not the antidote to first tax 77. I said, churches do it. We do it a lot of times. I said, look, in fact, I've been there with I've seen many times people mobilize to counteract the effect of first tax 77 that too many gods came into Nigeria. They will bring Shigidi from Bantu land. Bring, bring one jazz from Ghana. They say all of them are gathered in Nigeria. Something just came to my mind. I said, I don't think that is true because the, the estate that was built to house the delegates is still standing and well. Because if that thing was a problem, that place would not have prospered. First act, if you had a first act in Lagos, yeah, that was what, it was built to house people. It was afterwards they started setting up the houses and all of that. Now people said, ah, let's not gather and praise God. I've done it so many times, the problem doesn't go away. You know why? That's not the antidote. It's not the antidote. If people have been delivered, you know the, you know the real antidote. People, are, no, people say, oh, if you want to go here, you cast out down the principality over the place. I've had different teachers, and one of them emphasized something, and I, I, I agree with him. Okay? People say you will gather and bind the strong man and everything. I'm not in that school of thought for a number of reasons. Paul never did, Peter never did, James never did, and they never told us to do that. And one man said, the Lord told him that, don't worry about them. I will handle them when the time comes. Now, so how do you deliver the people? Preach the gospel to them. That's where I'm going. There's no principality that can stop you from preaching the gospel. If we are determined to. What happens is that we get scared. When we hear there's bombing in Borno, we run away. Do you get my point? It's not the principality that we can't come. It's that we are afraid. For we have to go boldly into everywhere we are supposed to go. I'm trying to explain something here. The real deliverance is from delivery of good news. You cannot break the bondage over a society except you preach the gospel to them and they believe. You can't get prayer warriors. You no, know, we're talking about it yesterday here. We had a small meeting. So then we're just discussing. They were saying that uh, maybe somebody wants to break a vow. You go and call a pastor to come and help him break a vow. That you want to break the vow alone is the problem. Whether you call the pastor or not. And that where we're going that, the pastor does not have the... You know, there's what they call ultra-virus in law. How many of you understand it? When I act him beyond your powers, thank you. A pastor that wants to help you <laughs> break a vow, he's acting ultra-virus. It's beyond his power. You don't have the power to do that. You don't. So what if I make a vow that it is wrong? Let's see. Sometimes some of these vows there. Eh? Now, how do I explain this now? Now, once you give your life to Christ, all vows are annulled. If you're not a believer before, they are annulled. Why? There's a new creature now. So, agreements you made before, spiritually now, 
They're no longer valid because now you are dead. You enter the court, you swore to them to give them your life, your family, and everything. Then you give your life to Christ. You don't need to break the vow. The person who made the vow is dead. <laughs> He's dead. The fellow is dead. That is you. As long as you are living a new life in Christ, those vows don't apply to you anymore. Where people get into trouble is that they want to break the vow and then return to the former life. And then nobody can do that for you. That's what I'm going. Nobody can. What God does in Christ is to take you out of the what domain of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. That's the deliverance. That is the deliverance. Is that removal from one domain to another. So if you join the body and you made the vow, the day you give your life to Christ, the vow still holds over your dead body. I don't know whether you're getting my point. The dead old man that passed away. So that's why sometimes the money they helped you make will go away. And trying to hold on to it is activating that vow over your life and begging for trouble. One major reason why Christians are not fully delivered is that they are not fully committed to the new life. You hear what I said? The reason why they are not fully delivered is that they are not fully committed to the new life. You know, in this my life, people, as a preacher, people have come to me many times trying to explain to me that that thing, one woman came to me once when Portaco finished preaching. He said that, I said that a witch cannot kill a Christian. I said, yes, I said so. You want me to say it again? That kind of attitude. Yes, I said so. You got a problem with that, like they say? She wants to tell me that, she wants to tell me that a witch killed her husband. I said, your husband was not born again. I just said it to her like that. Boom. There was nothing like it. Sorry, don't make the widow feel bad. Listen, I just finished preaching. You want to use the experience of your family to oppose the word of God. I just I said, your husband was not born again. Said, don't come and come on. She now said, okay, maybe uh, you know. I said, hey, well, yeah, we are talking. That his mother was a witch. Now I don't even, I don't know the details whether the witch really killed him or did not. I don't know. Many people are dying for their sins. They say witch is killing them. I told the woman, listen, I don't understand what you are saying. Was he born again? A witch did not kill him. If you, he said his mother was a witch and she killed him, I said, then he was not born again. I don't want to have any argument. Yeah, but there's another time I met one lady. She was speaking with me. She cried throughout. Her father was a... That day I felt sorry for her. You know why? To deliver her from fear was a major project. That, okay, that, not, I was not the one doing the job because I met her only once. But I wish that day I had the opportunity. Like, she was Nenugu. I said, look, this deliverance is not hard, though. Just use the Pastor Kimonte's prescription. It's true. Select a chair here and six months, two times a week for six months. Because she needed to be cured of fear. And you, I couldn't lay hands on her because she didn't know that fear was her problem. Now, what am I going, what, what am I telling the story? She told me the story of her father. How he was a believer. How the, the family witch or juju killed him. And when she finished telling the story, I won't lie to you, I was moved. There's only one problem. I couldn't change my mind on the doctrine. Ah, it's the power of Christ we're talking about. But it made me think. She told stories where very vibrant Christians who they warned about some things, okay? They have time while this, well, it showed up in sickness in his life, which progressed. I mean, she, she described it, you know, if you were in the middle of it, you could not, it would be hard for you to not agree that this was satanic oppression against this man which finally led to his death. And as she was talking with me, she was weeping throughout. She couldn't stop the tears. Now, I don't do much counseling when I travel. People come to see me, look, really, I don't, most of the time, by the time they are doing the, I don't escape into my hotel room, you know, just go to hide somewhere. And one of the reasons I don't have enough time, some people will sit you down, 
You murder your friend down, not too far from here. That one sits down. After 10 minutes, you know that this talk is the most senseless talk you've heard in a long time. Yet he will not stop. He will keep on telling that story for the next 30 minutes. So that's why I routinely run away. Okay, but that particular place, I had to, there's a way it was. I had time. Well, it was not even one of the meeting times. They just begged me that some people would like to talk to me. So maybe one particular morning, I wasn't doing anything. I just went and sat in one particular hall they had. So a lot of people came to talk to me. This woman, what I did for her that day was that I said, listen, this is a matter we cannot just solve it in this short talk. I loaded for, downloaded for her a lot of messages. I said, listen to all of these messages. That's what you need. Because the experience had crippled her faith so much that she's afraid of family people. She never goes home. The, those people must not see her children. Because I think her mother or her, mo- or her, that her late father will want her. And they want the father. He did not listen. And then that's how she now had the problems. Her story made me think. Of course, when I'm speaking the truth of God, I'm not going to change my mind because of your experience. I still say it again. No witch can kill a Christian. It's not possible. They don't have the power. That power does not exist. I don't care how many there are. Let's assume there are like 200 witches on only you. They can't do anything. 200 is not enough. They now recruited the international witches and, they, and joined them. They know what they can do. They now import the head of the, head of the witches worldwide on your matter alone. There is nothing they can do. They now leave that matter and say, Satan, please, this one is too much. You will come, devil, come down by yourself. You know what? The devil will say that all of you are crazy. I know you are a witch, but at least read the Bible. <laughs> Didn't you see what I told God when he said, I've been concerned myself and Job? Because I gave people small, small power now. You want to now be harassing everybody. Anybody that calls me this matter again, I'm telling you what the devil will say. I will personally send the person to the hellfire before the time. <laughs> yeah, because he himself, he said, have you considered my servant Job? When God told him, he said, your servant Job, sir, is a dangerous area. You know the story? So I say it again. I maintain it. There is no way, there is no spirit on this earth that has power against the true believer in Christ. They don't exist. You want to know another thing? They know. Some of their relatives don't know. What I mean is that the witches that joined the cover, they don't know. Because they are still young. They are still training. The spirits they are using, no. How do I know the spirits? No, it's in the Bible like that. I adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. What did they say? Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. Do you get my point? They were aware of who Paul was. Just bear that in mind. When spirits show up, they identify who they are dealing with. That holy one of God. Have you come to torment us before the time? See, they know. I hope you're getting my point. It's the new new people that just joined, human beings, that they've not gone to class. Those who have gone to class have been taught. <laughs> Guys, when you see a preacher coming, move. Oh. Now, some of them don't look like they are preachers, though. But in the spirit, we know that this one is praying in the morning. We, got, we, we, we leave the streets. Listen to people of God. They know. So what they do is they deceive Christians who don't know. They pretend that they come and do like this. And then you run. So they tell us that this one does not know. They, they keep deceiving that one that does not know. But they themselves, they know. And just by the way, in case you don't know, what can they do? Very little. They can just waste your money. 
They can waste your time. They can make you think you are sick when you are not. You're blown on your face. You go and look for deliverance. I've been feeling sleepy for a long time now. I don't know what is going on. Is a spirit blowing on your face? Nothing's wrong with you. Just shake your head and go where you are going. They know. Please, I hope you are getting my point. Yes, they just sometimes want to harass believers that don't know. So what they do is that, what do we do to this young woman or so that she won't have our time to be disturbing our actions? Send her to prayer. Sounds funny, right? <laughs> Which is oh, the evil spirit sending people to prayer. They do it. They do. They make you pray. And I say, there is a curse in your family. And it's about to destroy everybody. Go and pray. Then you go and join a church that does night vigil every day of the week. Like somebody said, I saw a video recently that the church declared night vigil for 100 days. Obviously, people are not working. It's obvious now. If you will not sleep for 100 days, are you useful for anybody during the day? Witches do that. They will say, now go to this church now. They know the thing won't have any effect. They just tell you, so you will believe it, go to that church and be praying the way. It has no effect. After all you are doing, all my enemies, die, scatter, I break the curse, I break the curse. Now, once you are trying to break the curse, it shows that you are not aware it's being broken. See, Satan doesn't have any problem with many of our prayer meetings. He likes it. See, this guy prays the whole night. Tomorrow is going to be useless to himself and to everybody. And the prayer is having no effect. So he wake you up. Oh boy, prayer starting by 8. You are still here. Then you get up, you go to church. So stay there. He's not disturbed. He knows all the people are doing is firing arrows at imaginary enemies. Which has no effect in the kingdom of darkness. So you think the devil is bothered? He's not bothered. He helps them go to church. They find transport for them. I'm telling you, find them transport. Just go, 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 go. You'll be an usher. You're welcome, sir. Please go inside. Go and waste your time. And the time of the other people. Because people don't do anything here. Please, follow what I'm going to explain. When a young woman that they spoke with me extensively, I, I, I had to think. And that's what I'm coming back to now. I've, I've said everything I've said now to let you know I didn't change my mind. I realized. Now, I'm not saying that's what happened in his case. That's her dad's case. But believers, those things do happen. How do you protect yourself? Be careful what you double in. And don't be afraid to walk away from things sometimes. What do I mean by that? Many of us may admire Paul, but I can tell you this clearly. That's Paul in the Bible. One thing that didn't impress God that Paul used to do, and it never impressed God with anybody that did it. Moses did it, God did it. God said, I bet you go and sit down. You know what Moses said to God? He said, if you will not forgive them, if you won't go with them, come and erase my name from your book. God said, look, you want me to knock you on the head? God told him straight. Whoever sins against me, I will erase. Don't threaten me. No, that's what God told Moses. If you sin against me, I will gladly wipe it out. But you did not. Why should I? So don't threaten me that uh, if you will not forgive them, if you will then wipe my name. Away. Hey, leave that nonsense, my friend. Come on, Claire, come on for them. Come on, harass me. So when Paul said, I will gladly be blotted out so that my people can be put in. Because they stopped talking that nonsense. It doesn't impress me. I'm convinced of that. When Moses said, God told him flat, the one that sins against me is the one that will be punished like that. I'm sorry, I won't do that switch. And you're not Jesus Christ, by the way. Is this what I'm saying so? One major problem Paul had, read your Bible very well, was that God said, listen, leave these Jews alone. Go to the Gentiles. He didn't agree. Everywhere he will go, he will first go to the Jews. Then they will have, one day he swore, I'm not coming. He still went to. Why am I saying so? 
Sometimes, listen to this. You are not the Lamb of God that has taken away the sin of the whole world. You are only doing that which is lacking in the sacrifice. What is that? Announcement. Dissemination of the news. When people reject the news, Jesus said, take the shoes, shake the dust, and walk away. Sometimes, you do that to your village people. Now, I use the word what? Sometimes. Many times, Christians don't know when some boundaries have been crossed. They don't know that a time comes in which you say, you tell them flat, I don't know you people. In this zeal that I must win them by force by force, sometimes we start eating things we are not supposed to eat. Now, it's not just the physical food. It's involvement in certain things. And I keep telling Christians, when they invite you for village deliverance, if you go, you will be in trouble. The affliction that will come upon your body, you will almost die. You will not die, I put the word almost, but you will suffer. At the point in time, you will despair of life itself. One of our brothers told me a story once. I, that went, I was telling the story, you know. God has given me understanding here. So sometimes when you're telling the story, I just know where it's going. <laughs> he said one day he followed somebody to a church. I think the person went for prayer. Then the pastor grabbed him to, like, you said you need prayer. So he invited him for, is it um, deliverance? How many of you watch some of these as African guys? Say, come, let me deliver you. Let me deliver you. You know your guy. So you come, come, come. I think I need to deliver you. I need to deliver you. I said, okay. Is that how it works? I need to deliver you. I remember there's one clown, one very funny one in Ghana. He, he said, you, you're going to die this year. Go for deliverance. You're going to go mad. Go for deliverance. That's how you'll be going around the church. Yeah. So you point to people one by one. You, you're going to die this year. Go for deliverance. You're going to go mad. Go for deliverance. They're about to kill you. Go for deliverance. And you say, oh, oh, God, Father God, please, don't make me stupid. I'm begging you. You know, God, you can't do anything. Just don't make me a fool. And you see human is getting up and running there. You know, this guy is a clown, a charlatan. Is that one that used to dance in church and they'll be spraying him money? He dances well, oh, my God, that guy is a good dancer. In church, you can't imagine that they'll be praying, as pastor, I'll be here, dancing. During service, all of you now be coming and be spraying me money. During service. How else do you know that the Holy Spirit does not come to this service? Now, please, let me know what I'm saying. So my friend, that day, the pastor told him, I'll deliver you. So he came for the prayer. He said they prayed for like three hours. You know, when he was saying, I was looking at him, I said, is that pastor jobless? Because I can't imagine who will keep me praying for three hours. What problem do you have that we have not seen before? He said he used to do business. He lives in Enugu. He used to do business on the chair. So the pastor took the Enugu on the road and broke it into segments and began to cast out demons from each segment. So let's break it, the old express road, from here to Nice Mile. Once, between here and um, Judah's house, that Judah's junction, he will clear all the demons on the road. All the ones that peep and mutter, the spirits that suck blood, the spirit of Unkubus, Sukubus, and Dikubus. Yeah, he, he went after those spirits one by one. They went and cleared all of them from here to Ninth Mile. Two from Ninth Mile to where, where else? Not Oka, we'll never reach Oka. Where? Ah, Ugoba, yes. Before Jiriva, don't fast more. Ugoba, thank you. They began again. They took the spirits one by one. The spirits that hinder vehicular movement. The spirit that kill. The spirit that suck. The spirit that, you know, oh. Then they finished. Ugoba to Ojiriva. They went to it. From Ojiriva to Oka. Oka to where? Um, Amobia. They did Oka to Amobia. That's how they did until they got to Onija. 
After that three hours, they were praying. He was saying amen. They were declaring and binding and casting. As he was telling me, I was laughing. So what happened after? He said, my brother, I felt sick. <laughs> I said, laughing. My wife was there that day. I said, laughing. He said, I thought I was going to die. I said, why won't you die? No, think about it. Look at the number of demons you fought. I said, he said the, that when he finished, he said he felt sick so badly, he thought he was going to die. I don't know how long, for at least a week, he was. He said, I was so sick, I thought I would die. As I was telling him the story, I was laughing. I said, my brother, nobody goes through that activity. and will not fall sick. By the way, the pastor himself, I would have loved to know what happened to him. Some of those who are not born again, or they are half born again, I don't know. There was one guy in Enugu that time. The same person told me the story about the guy. He used to fast and pray for people. That is like, if they tell you now, you have a problem in the extended family, you need to fast for five days, and you, you get work now. You're a business executive. You can't fast. You go and tell the guy, say, nah, I suppose fast for five days. Oh. I go take help me. The guy goes, so you do one day, I go do four days. And you pay him. And he literally, used, he will do the fasting. He will fast for you. Then you pay him, okay, he might say that each day is 5,000 naira. In today's naira, you give him like four days, 20,000. You do one day, you do four days. So everybody knew him. Once you, need, once you require fasting for deliverance, you go to him and say, oh boy, do the fasting. My children are going to school. They said they should fast, but they are children now. So there are, four, there are three of them. They prescribe three, three days. So can you do like eight days? I do one. The guy will charge you. I'm not joking. <laughs> it sounds crazy. I'm not joking. So I said, where's the guy? He said, he's dead. I said, of course now. <laughs> no, that's where I'm going. <laughs> he said, the guy is dead. I said, yes, he will die. See, you don't do such things and not die. See, to be the Lamb of God that takes away something, <laughs> it leads to death. It leads to death. So they told me that, I wasn't surprised. I said, of course now, but you don't do that kind of work. And you wouldn't die. Everybody's donating their problems spiritually to you, and you are collecting because of money. Each time they pay you, they chip a bit of your life away. Yeah, it's exchange. You are exchanging your life for money. That's what I'm wanting Christians say. Eh? It's not everything you get. Let me tell you the truth. If they tell you they want to do village deliverance, I forbid you in the name of Jesus Christ from going. First, it's a useless endeavor. You are going to be wrestling demons that you have no business wrestling. Because you're not using the power of Christ now. You are using your stupidity. You are using your ignorance. You are using your own natural energy. And they, those spirits will wear you out. They know how to do it. Let me tell you as a Christian, learn how to rest in God. You know I've been telling you. Those of you that like to pray, 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 fast, 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 because you want to fight spirits. They will wear you out. They know what they are doing. Satan, all he does is use tricks. Some of you, have, you don't pray. Listen, let me give you a new commandment. From now on, don't wake up at night again to pray. Go and sleep. Some of these priests, you know, they are tactical. They are tactical. See, this guy, this woman, what are we going to do? They know they can't do anything to, against you. They have to find ways by which you will enjoy yourself. They have to find ways by which you expose yourself. One of them that they actually spiritually wear people out. You are praying against cursing your family every day. You know, Jews, it does not work. They will not gather you. Oh, they have a lot of people that... Those are, at least in Western Nigeria, they used to wear uh, garments, white garments. Yeah, plenty. They used to wear white, 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 white garments. But I, I don't know whether you guys saw much of that in Eastern Nigeria. But Western Nigeria, they had... They were occultists pretending to be Christians. Well, how you know them is simple. They always had their churches at 
near the river and junctions. That's it. These are spiritual machinations that have nothing to do with Christianity. They offered sacrifices, literally. Physical sacrifices. They will tell you, you go to church to pray. They tell you to go and bring a cock. And you went to bring the cock. It shows that your head is a cock. That is something. Yes, it's true. Because I, I, I don't get it. You should have known that they cannot be believers. You bring a cock to church. To church. They strip women naked and bathe them with leaves. I have no problem with those who want to go naked to be bathing with amaranthos. I don't have a problem with that. But it's not the church. They knew the name Church of Christ, Church of God, all kinds of things. And, pe- and they will be singing, clapping, dancing. Now, let me just add this one for you to know. Most of their pastors are adulterers. See, these spirits, they are in a network. It's called network marketing. They know each other. Yeah. You think human beings, the spirits have been doing it for a long time. They pass people up and down. Those boys are bad. Just be reading news every day. You'll see. Pastor arrested for impregnating 14-year-old church member. It's them. It's them. Not normal pastors. No, no, normal pastors don't do things like that. There's one I still read, you know. You will impregnate two girls from the same family. And they're in the church. Why won't you? Why are you beating the kid with Amaranthos at 12 midnight? What do you expect? They carry people to Riverside to base them. They kill cock and pour the blood on people. Again, I don't have a problem. If you go to the shana of Amadioha and they do that to you, it's okay. If you go and meet the people who are worshipping Oshu and they do it to you, I have no problem. My issue is that they call it a church and you went back. Are you mad? They called it a church and you still went back. This Satan knows what he's doing. He cashes in on any any movement, if any movement is moving, they will join. So when churches began to move, they opened to, they said, these boys won't come to the shrine. So they, they brought the shrine things, put a white cloth in front of it, then they began to clap. Then after a while, they bought guitar and drum because that was what the churches were now doing. The time came when, you know, uh, what the people were going to, you know, they were packaging and everything and motivational speaking. You know what they did? The same thing. So many churches you go to now, this wall-to-wall screen is live. You know what I mean? You know, it's an LED screen. Wall-to-wall. Costing millions and millions. The pastor wears suit, you know? Very nice suit. <laughs> Fine suit. When you see suit there, you, you know, you start. One day I saw that uh, uh, TB guy, you know, in Lagos. The suit he wore one day. I had never seen a suit like that before then and since then. This suit, eh, it couldn't wrinkle. It looked, it's as if, they were, as if it was laminated. And he came to church. This is a guy who you all know is not a Christian. He's not born again. He was just a familiar spirit. He was an occultist. That's what people... Look. Listen, be careful. So a time came when they joined church also. They decided doing that kind of church. So when we started doing business, you know, when they, started, they joined. So you go to some churches... The pastor, fine church like that, the guy's wearing a fine suit. He, he has gone to texturize his language. Is that, is that, do you understand me? Let's not even talk about his hair. His hair is straight. Everything you, is not to, at the end of the day, start selling you. Five keys to customer effective service. Praise God. A customer is the life of your business on a Sunday morning. 
See, they came from all kinds of things. Companies, there's one, I found out recently that we have a neighbor in this plaza. They are Israel's people. I was here yesterday. They were singing praise and worship. I had to call people. I said, please, is it not the same network marketing people? He said, that is it. They are down. I said, what? They would do praise and worship. I thought they put a message by one, one of these popular ministers. They would listen to it for one hour. Afterwards, they give them soap and perfume to go and sell. Then they sit down. You see them on our staircase. Call it, hello. Okay, I have a special package for you. <laughs> I feel like photographing those people and sending those pictures to the people they are calling to see that this girl is sitting on one plastic chair on my staircase. And calling them on the cheapest phone in the market, tied with rubber band. Not those phones that, <laughs> to charge it, you will lay hands on it now. Try to charge now. And they used to call you to come and make money. They fool this our plaza. They block everywhere. Sometimes I'm climbing these steps. Was it yesterday or last week? I was climbing. I stopped. I told the girl, move your chair away from them. <laughs> He says, sir, I'm not the one that put it. I said, you are the one that's sitting there. Come on, move. <laughs> because I feel like, hey, 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 normal road that we are supposed to pass, you still put chair and table there and you are trying to scam a no-go. It's not right. What am I going to say to you? It's not everything they call church you should follow them to. Once you look, I beg, try to get more discernment. Please try. Pray that God will give you discernment. Because everybody is using Jesus Christ now to, to push everything. They use the name of Jesus to push satanic worship. One prominent baby-faced guy that's in Enugu here that calls himself a prophet. He's an occultist. I have it first. The kind of thing he does, you will know this man is an occultist. I have authentic information on where he held meetings. The church is a hotel, you know, um, hall. A church came next day to use, to open, to use the place. When they moved the curtain, they saw the, you know what do you call those things? All the paraphernalia of um, idolatry and demon worship at the back of his curtain. He forgot to clear before he left. You know that former military man as a pastor in town? He was not telling me the story. That church, they panicked like what? They called him. So he came. I said, why? Come, he swept the thing away by himself. Like, what are you people afraid of? They see, you know, calabashes and... Um, you know, mud pots with blood inside and people's big business cards soaked in. The, yes, they saw those things. Yet his pictures are everywhere smiling. One of the things I used to identify false prophets in this city is just to see anybody who takes a picture with him. Once two of you show up on the same billboard, I mark you. And that's one reason these days, good enough, I turn, I, I turn down many invitations. In fact, you can be sure... If I get 10 invitations, seven have been turned down before we even started discussing them. I just tell Yinka, please, 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 please. I said, don't sign me. I tell them, say, I don't get time. But there's no but. I have a new rule. I would look, I use I to scan who else you are inviting. Most of the time, I don't even get to that point. But if you mistakenly invite me, I see your billboard. I see all kinds of strange faces. I will call you and apologize. I can't come. They are, they are all over the town. They are all over the town. They're all over the place. So people of God, please, hmm? be careful. Now I'm giving some instructions. If they tell they are going to be doing village deliverance, say, I am not coming. They say they are doing family deliverance. Tell them, I am not coming. 
This means you are the witch in the family. Say anybody who says it again, eh? you will know I'm the witch in the family. If you open your mouth and talk that nonsense, you will know that indeed I'm the witch in the family. Because my God who I serve, he will beat you so well. You wake up next month, the whole body will be pain. And you will see my face in your dream. You will know I'm the witch in the family. So now that I'm the witch, what are you going to do? Then let your deliverance pastors come and guard that now. And let them mention my name in prayer. If they leave that place well, I am not a child of God. What nonsense. When they tell you, to, tell them I'm not coming. Tell them if they want deliverance, I will be the one to champion it. You will do deliverance according to my own method. What is my method of deliverance? We are going to do one week crusade in that village. We will come out and preach the gospel of Jesus. We will pray for the sick. We are going to do that. People will repent. They will bring idols and burn. They will cast away their gods. If you are not willing to do that, don't call me to come and join you for village deliverance. You know why? It does not exist. And I'm warning believers, when you join them, that is how, you know where my story began from? Those are the kind of things that hurt believers. They don't cut away from old things well enough. They don't cut away from old things well enough. They don't. They don't want to offend people. They tell you a chieftaincy title belongs to your family. And you just go and put your head there. It says, it has passed down from, for, for five generations. You know what Paul said? All things that were gained to me, those things I have counted as what? Dung. That I may gain Christ. So many things that look like gain, you have to throw them away. He said, for Christ, I suffer the loss of all things. How are you bragging on Chief Tessie Daito? One of our brothers, one day, his, his father said, they are now of age. He and his brothers. I think he had his brother. Time to take the Chief Tessie Daito. The father had arranged for them to go. So that morning, he woke up before his father and left the house before his father and put up the phone and came to my house to come and visit me. <laughs> so that when my father looks up, he doesn't find me. He will go and give the Chief Tessie Daito. To somebody, whoever. He said, but me, I'm not taking. I said, wise man, at your age, your father wants to confide a title on you and you carry your head and go there. You carry your head there. They'll now be pronouncing things in languages you don't understand. Half of what the chief priest is saying, he's not saying it out. And you are kneeling down there, which is a sign of submission. It's a sign of submission. You kneel down there. And you say, hey, you know, you know, let's give them offense. They should be offended, though. There are people that should be offended. I said before, you see, when I was a young person, eh, people gave their lives to Christ. It was a tragedy. Because everybody understood what it meant. They understood what it meant. They knew that, look, now, this guy is not going to follow us to do what we used to do before. They knew that now, hey, families were like, please, now, don't give your life to Christ now. What do you want? But these days, people don't care. They hear that, oh, Mr. Jaleko has given life to Christ. Even the the chief priest will say, we thank God. <laughs> yeah, because they don't expect anything to change. What they just know, there's going to be a more responsible man, apparently. He's going to be home more regularly. His money is going to come home. The wala used to cause in the society may reduce. But they know nothing much else will change. So they are not worried. And that is wrong. It's what is denying Christianity of his power. People don't cut away well enough. See, let me tell you something about Christianity. It kills relationships many times. 
Jesus said, do you think I've, to, I've come to bring peace? He said, no, I came to bring a sword. Right? I'm going to divide the man from his father. I'm going to divide the daughter-in-law from the mother-in-law. I'm going to divide families. People are going to follow me and not look back. Yes? So that's the cause of discipleship. A man came to him and said, I want to follow. He said, let me first go and bury my father. He said, let the dead bury their own corpses. That's what he said. Christianity is not a nice thing in that sense. It, I've said it many times. Salvation has the cost. It does. People don't like to pay the cost. They want the power. When that young woman talked to me that day, I went back home and meditated. I said, I don't know the details, and I won't say I'm speaking as a word of knowledge that God gave me. Just the general understanding I'm trying to use to decode it. Because if indeed what happened, happened, then there was something he did not break. Satan has to have a place to hold in people's lives. It's not everything you... You see, you have to look over your life and cut away some things. Anything you have an emotional attachment to, better burn it. Remember a story that Kenneth Hagin told one of his messages I listened to? A man who he was possessed, his, his wife was, and him, they came to see him and they were speaking. He said, as soon as she was speaking, he just knew that this man had two evil spirits in him, two demons. This would drive him to do, you know, bad things. He was sexually molesting little girls. And he knew, his wife knew, and the man of God knew that very soon what was going to happen next, that he was going to murder one of those girls. And they said he should pray. He said, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to pray. Why? He said, listen, there are two demons here. I can see them. No, he couldn't see this guy, but he could perceive their presence. So I drive them out. They are going to leave. Then they are going to come back with seven spirits individually now, more wicked than themselves. They are going to make his life worse. So let him just be managing his bad life right now. That if I pray for him, he's going to be worse at the end of the day. Unless... He put a condition. What is the condition? That's what I'm going to. He said, how did the spirits enter into him in the first place? He says, the books he was reading. He was a psychologist. A specialist in criminal minds. So he used to to read, you know, advanced materials on criminals. The minds of criminals. And as the more he read those books, the more he opened his heart. Until those demons jumped into him. So one of the conditions he gave him, which he had to accept, the number about two or three of them, one of them he gave him was that all those books had to be burnt. He had to burn all the books. That I don't want to see any one of them on your shelf. Only one of my kids came and said, ah, there's this game he wants to buy, oh, they want to play in the house, you know, PS4. Game, 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 game. After I finished talking, I didn't even think much of it. So when I saw his, dead, his, you know, his seriousness, I said, Dad, you see, we now have this amount of money that, uh, ah, I said, these boys are very serious. Though. They were getting, you know, small, small money. So I gave them money to go and buy the game. So I didn't think anything of it. I wanted the name of the game. So they were playing, enjoying it. The, then one day I passed by. And I saw the screen. Jesus Christ. No, game. What is going on here? Put that in Now, I, I don't want to take the amount of money. Can I have the disc? That was the last day they saw the disc. I had never seen a game more violent in my life. 
They have other games they play, you know. You race, of course, they have the one football, the one you race against obstacles and all of that. Some of them, they actually fight, you know, fight, you know, like fight, fight, you knock somebody and the person gets up again. This one wasn't like that. This one, when you score, you drive a knife into somebody's neck deep and blood fills the screen. I said, where? <laughs> I shouted, in my house. I said, put that thing off now. Can I have the disc? My son knew how, you know, if you know boys, they know. They can, he could easily trade that disc. It was a lot of money. I didn't give it to him to trade in. I said, no, I'm not. My conscience cannot let me allow you to sell it to another person. In my mind, I've lost this money. Next time, I should, I should borrow sense. Of course, I didn't just take away the disc. I explained to them. They don't behave like this. Which kind of criminal mind designed this game? Jesus is Lord. Can't you just knock somebody down, let him fall down? This one was, they will take one big sword. You win, the, I still remember that sight. And the blood will just, I said, Jesus is my Lord. This was what I gave my children money. God's money. Uh, every money in my hand, who owns it now? This money I will have used as an offering. What is offering? Buy bread for the family. I use it now. This is where I'm going. I use it to open people's hearts to demons. I said, no, thank you very much. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dollar. Cow, 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 cow. Bring her, bring her. Give me. They never saw the disc again. That was the last. They just bought it not too long before that. Though. They say it's a new release. New release of evil. New release of wickedness. New release of painting. See, if you ever read Nikki Cruz's book, Nikki Cruz, all right? Because of this background and some issues he had in his life, you know what? He used to dream of the day he would feel blood in his hands. And the day he stabbed somebody and the blood flowed into his hand, it was satisfying. Go and read this book The Cross and the Switchblade. Run, baby, run. Okay, that run, baby, run is, yeah, that, that's the one he wrote. Uh, cross and Switchblade is, near, is um, David Wilkerson, yes. Run, baby, run. Ah. When my wife read the book, he made all my children read it. Please read it. The man said, see, when I read that book, I didn't get some points. You wonder how criminals do some things. You don't understand. The way you hear the word and it satisfies you, that's how they feel blood. They sink a knife into somebody. They won't let it go. In fact, I remember one particular something I saw once. We said, one guy, when he shoots people, he has to watch them die. The satisfaction is watching somebody die. It, it, it's demonic. No, these are demonic operations. It's not just the exam. This is how this man was reading book, reading book. He read the book. He kept on reading. His mind was open, exploring. And the evil spirit sank their fangs into his mind. Next thing, he started experimenting. He did not know when he began it. The thing came upon him. It was his spirit. And he began to catch him. Ah, what is going on? His wife said, listen, I have to leave this man. But because he agreed to go and see that pastor, she came with him. And the man said, listen, my guy, praying for you now, it will be worthless unless you do everything I'm going to tell you. Number one, I don't know whether I was a Christian before that or not. But one of them is that he had to give his life to Christ be baptized, and read the Bible every day and pray every day. These are the conditions he was given. On top of that, all those books, now listen to me, 
If they were professional books, he had to burn them. If his livelihood, his work, you understand, depended on them, he had to find another job. The man said, that is the only condition. If you won't do everything I've said, then you or your wife be going. I will visit you in prison now. I'm adding this one to it. I will visit you in prison one day when you have killed somebody. The man said, okay. The man said, listen, of course. He said, see, all this, uh, <laughs> oh, go home and go and fast for three days and come back. He didn't do that. Right there, just didn't raise his voice. Once the man agreed to everything he said, he said, okay, fine. So I command you, spirit, in the name of Jesus, get out of him now. That's all. The prayer didn't last longer than that. He didn't get or didn't lay hands on the man. Just told the man where he was seated. And his priest left him. And the, the man felt them leave. He just started just looking at him. You ready? Yeah. Now let me pray. Just cast them out casually. You think you need a machine gun to, 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 to remove demons? Today's Koboko now. Come with your Koboko. You see those <laughs> Nonsense. Rubbish that we're getting, we're bringing to Christianity. Casually. So the day my friends and I gathered to pray for my friend's household, that demons, you know, once they finished talking to us, we knew that spirits were living in their house. Evil spirits. We're campus boys. Small, small children. And they finished. That prayer didn't take 15 minutes. We just gave the Lord thanks, quoted a few scriptures. And I remember my friend. There were three. Me, the guy who brought the prayer point, and the third guy. The third guy just said, you false spirit, leave, you know, disturbing this our brother's home, we command you now in the name of Jesus, out. That was all. We, shared, we, shared, we prayed, and that's the end of it. We gave thanks. That day, I remember I was sick. I had malaria. I couldn't get up. The two of them stood. I sat. Called us again a week later. He had gone home. His father woke up home, and his head was correct. Ah, what's going on here? Cleared all those false prophets that inhabited their home. A man he couldn't talk to. Called us again a week later, 10 days later. He had just come back from home. This time, he brought food and drink for us to come and eat to celebrate the deliverance of God. One of our sisters at that time in fellowship came to see me. What's the issue? Told me about the problem in their home. Ah, how did their only brother, the guy had gone, the last thing that happened, father entered the room, saw a cigarette, he knew that things were bad. I said, I want a small thing now. Come, let's use the same method. <laughs> you know, kill lion, kill bear. We pray that prayer again. That, a few days later, the guy woke up in the morning. He said, what's wrong with me? He ran to church, gave his life to Christ. Next time I saw him, he was on his way for a Christian meeting. There's demonic activity all around. Now, why am I saying all of these things? Many times we just go and open our heart, our lives to nonsense. Because you don't want to offend somebody. That man said, he told that guy, listen, if I pray for you, and that's the problem you find with a lot of people who say they are Christians. You thought he gave his life to Christ, now he's worse than before. Yes, he did. The demons left him. But did not continue in the faith. Is that loving money? Loving influence. Let me tell you something. If you want to be a believer, eh, you first have to see. When they say, take up your cross and follow me, you will count the cost, take your cross, die daily and follow me. That's how you follow Christ Jesus. Once you follow him, just know your life is over. I hope you're getting my point. Your, your life is over. You know, this gospel will preach as if eh, when God prospers you, they will see. Forget that thing. God is not trying to prosper you so they can see. Remove it from your mind. People have not died to the pride of life. They want to use Jesus Christ to fulfill the pride of life. Read your scriptures well. Before Paul began to follow Christ, eh? he was a high-ranking man in the society. Influential. From the time he began to follow Jesus till he died, he was nothing in that society. 
So don't think a day will come. And if you thought I was not in now, God has vindicated. If you are still thinking like that, you're not born again. Then you give your life to Christ, your, do you get my point? Your pride, your, your influence, everything is dead. If God decides to use one Christian, that's why I keep on telling pastors. Some small pastors think that now we are small, we will become big. You are not going to become big. You will be small eternally. If you know what I mean by that. You are small. Whatever you call small. I don't know what small means. No, you see a young man, his pastoring is, is thinking that one day, one day the church is going to be 5,000. It's going to become a papa too. And it's going to be going around wearing big oversized demonic robes. Some people, you see, they are very diligent now. What they have said in front of them is evil. They say a bishop's ring. You know that fat ring? It's the day they will give away his own for him. And the day they wear his own for him, Satan is entering his life in a bigger measure. He does not know. And if he's successful, now where is, you know, sometimes you see some people just look at this guy and say, do you, if, do you, do you, do you, do you can you stand like this in front of Jesus Christ? Are you, are you all right? Someone brought that the other guy was just looking so confused to me. And he was smiling. <laughs> How do you pray to God, God, please, don't let me smile in foolishness. You wear me a robe and I feel important. You put a ring on my hand so. And I say, you are not a bishop. You wear you a ring. You know, when we were young, young, you know, um, Christians, they left the Orthodox churches and came out. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not, I'm not, see, please get my point. This is not a criticism of Orthodox churches or anything. What I want to bring out is that many of our brethren that left and criticized, as they began to grow, they joined the same system and created their own. If you not make me a bishop, I will make my own bishopric. Once they open five, six branches, they become bishop. I don't know what we are going to kill us over title. What am I going to say? See, many things, you know, you see the man, he's tr- church, he's praying every day. You know, you know what God said? The heart is what? Extremely deceptive. Very wicked. Who can know it? Only God. Nobody else knows what's going on in people's hearts. This young man always preaching, praying. Oh, my God, I want, yeah, 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 yeah. Pray morning, afternoon, and night. He said, service is by 6 a.m., he's there. Second service is by 12 midday, he's there. He rushes back to his work, comes back again. He said, third service is 5 p.m., he's there. We now have an all night from 9 p.m., he's there. And you see this guy doing? The day you give him to preach, he preaches the, mo- the most, oh God. That message is so powerful. Now, there's other young men in the church, on the, the, the denomination. Look at that brother. The rest of you, what are you doing? What you don't know, listen, Christians, eh? set only one thing in front of you, please, I'm begging you. Only Christ Jesus. I have set the Lord steadfastly in front of me and I will never be moved. Please, set only him in front of you. You know what I'm saying? So, some of the people who do like that, you know what they are thinking of? One day, I will be a general overseer. That's what they are thinking. So all that labor you are seeing, which one Jesus in front of them, is G.O. office. Archbishop title. And in their mind, they are making progress. They did their ordained pastor. They've made it. When they become senior pastor, it's working. When God wants to bless them, he will dismiss them. But when God has given up on them, he will leave the guy. When they will become archbishop. Sometimes you'll be referring, when, when his bad habit starts showing. Please, I'm begging everyone, go and read my book, Worship and Sex Control. If you have not read it, you can see the wickedness in your heart. When I've been telling you all this while, and you say I haven't read it, please go and read it. 
Now, please, what I want to say now is directed at preachers, ministers. If you find sexual immorality in your life, you have a serious problem. And that problem is not the sexual immorality. That one is just a sign. That's what I want to say. I am saying this specifically to ministers of the gospel. Because I have seen and heard too many things. And I ask myself, why? I don't understand the reason. The Holy Spirit has already helped me to see it in scripture. It is simple. Banky, look at what they said in front of them. If you read that book, at the beginning I explained something. That if you read the Bible where you will see that Amnon was possessed by an evil spirit. When he fell in love with his own half-sister and raped the young lady. He wasn't thinking. That was at the beginning of the book. I explained it there. Then I went ahead to explain where the evil spirit came from. I'm going to emphasize something here. That when I see the behavior of many people, when I hear the stories, I say, no, now. No, 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 don't tell him to control yourself. He can't. You make it it's a matter of self-control. No, it is not a matter of self-control. It is vision control. It is what your eyes set on. That's all. You must understand, if you have ambition, you create entry point for evil spirits into your life. That's why I say believers, eh? some, of, some of these success doctrines we preach, that's why they annoy me. These guys are going to be demon possessed. No, I keep on telling you. When I say pastors preach, I say, you are, these your members will have evil spirits. See, there's no way around it. Some of them will not come to church and be teaching self-control. You don't understand. You cannot teach self-control to people who have a wrong focus. You can't. If I hear some, there was one pastor I heard of the, 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 the other time. Eh? When I heard the story, I said, Jesus is Lord. Now, I didn't know it was going to be that bad. But I used to say, this guy is not all right. When I'm watching him preach, see, you hear people preaching doctrines that obviously are wrong. And you are wondering, how can, as an adult, you don't know this doctrine is wrong. They come to church, and you'll be hearing testimonies. I tell my wife, I said, these stories are lies. They did not happen. Say, were you there? I don't have to be there. Life doesn't run like this. Like I've been telling you that, look, the butterfly was now going. The butterfly was now going. Now it jammed it down to the truck. Then all the cement poured away. You know, you be... You, you know you look like, excuse me, which kind of butterfly? Is it the same Papilio Domedocos or which other one? I don't know whether you're getting my point. Okay, were you there when it happened? I don't have to be there. A Papilio cannot throw away half bag of cement. We're talking about a whole moving truck. In the same one, I hear some stories. I don't know one, the one man was telling me a story. I was there, I told him, I said, leave him, he's telling lies. My wife looked like, you don't come again. I said, sweetheart, this lie. I said, this thing he's saying. The God that I serve does not behave like this. I said, oh, he's saying it because he wants to raise money. I know the way some people talk, you know, the, you, you know they form the story right there. The stories of this guy didn't practice before. As he's telling it, you can, you can see the spirits arranging it for him in his head. This thing did not happen. So you need a miracle in your life. There was one man. He built a church for God. His child now died. 
He carried the child to the church and said, God, I built a church for you. My child died. Take the child and eat him. And as he was going, the boy said, Daddy. I said it did not happen. Why are we lying like this? How do I know it did not happen? Because he was trying to raise money to build a church. Can't you see? These stories are manufactured for this purpose. So there's a man like that used to do things like that. When I hear him talk, I just say, this guy. Then when they told me a story about the level of sexual immorality in his life, I say, you see, it is not the women as a problem. It is mammon. Mammon is a wicked spirit. Mammon does not ride alone. He rides in a park. He, goes on, he only goes ahead. Once he's in front, he says, oh boy, immorality. Do you want to roll? Immorality, ah, what's, my, what's my own? Let's roll, man. Immorality will go, come. Mama even rides with murder, hatred. Why do you think you will hear that the church started and they're exhuming bodies from the entrance? Of course, not the church, you know. But they call it the church. It's mammon. That's how mammon behaves. People who do things under the influence of mammon didn't start with it. They were just following mammon. And listen, to do anything in life, you need to be empowered. Oh? For Jesus to go to the cross, didn't you see he needed help? For Judas to betray him, didn't you see he needed help? Satan had to enter him. Satan looks, you can't do this thing by yourself. You want to betray who? You don't, you can't. You need help. So Satan had to enter him. When you see people do things, it's not, like we say, no be ordinary eye. That's why I wrote the book, Worship and Sex Control. And in it, I want to explain to believers, please. Especially, no, I tell, I tell preachers. When you find sexual immorality in your life, stop. They say, okay, I don't want any woman around me again. Or you let all the women stay outside. That's not the problem. You will start chasing the men. I'm telling you. <laughs> These are all, they are all unclean spirits. They are, they, see, they are called unclean spirits. So what's my message to any preacher listening to me this evening? Ask yourself, what have I set in front of me? That's the message. There is something you have set in front of you that's aligned these spirits in. A friend of mine, pastor in this time, told me the story of one pastor that came to see him. And I said, this is not hard though. Why, this does not need long prayer. This is a man who will go and minister. And everywhere he goes to minister, he will, how he does it, anyway, his spirit, deep calls unto deep. Spirit calls unto spirits. They call unto each other. He will find the red light district in that town and pick up the handout every night. And he's a preacher. And he came to town to minister. Now, the gist I'm giving you, I don't know the man personally, but it's not, I heard somewhere. It's the man he came to for deliverance that told me. That one, I know him well enough. We're in his house. No, we went out somewhere together. What telling me the story. So he came to ask for deliverance. Evil spirits, of course, used to have word of knowledge. They, your car number, your phone number, that rubbish that they do every time that impresses people who don't know things. When he was saying, I just I told him, I said, my brother, tell him it's not hard. So you see those cars? Because the last time he went to Minnesota, one big Nigerian city, he came back with three cars. Of course, demonic demon oppression. By the time he finished impressing people who don't want to serve God. See, if you don't serve the Lord that God willfully, 
he will serve the enemy forcefully. One brother I said once that in this church, people, they refused to give. So he went and, <laughs> hey God, it was my wife who told the story. I said, oh God, don't try it again. Because those people bring evil spirits. The church member not give as far as his consent. They were not giving enough. So he told one of those men to come. He said, that man never even, <laughs> he said, he said, the man had not even started preaching. He just came to the pulpit. Oh, what song was What was song? You told me the song guy sang. Just, let's just assume that the man just came to the pulpit just singing. Mama, is that, is a song like that, Abby? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. He just singing. As he was singing, they were bringing money. They were, people were bringing money and dropping at the altar. I'm telling you the truth. After analyzing it, familiar spirit oppression. Is that, so this book have money like this. Now you go and put money <laughs> magnet. <laughs> this guy said the kind of thing he used to do. Like this other man. We're inviting somewhere. Of course, people like that, they trend. And please, I just feel like telling Christians, be careful. They trend. That is like, after a while, they are the reigning guys. Pastors like them. Pastors like them. Because money comes in. When they finish preaching, the offering it changes. It changes. Maybe Sunday after you see that whole crowd have the money, half a million. That guy will come. By the time he's leaving, that offering for that day, 20 million, 30 million. So they like them. They train. They come promising all kinds of things. The one I heard that just knocked me out. I said, people are funny. He said, who will give? He said, how many million? One brother said he will give. He said, come, let me pray for you. How do I pray for you? He said, lay your hands on me so I can pray for you. And you laid your hands on the man. If not me, I said, like, like, they want to pray like that. He said, no, I want to bless you. I said, I don't need that blessing. Show me your Bible where the man that's about to receive the blessing is the one laying hands on the one who wants to be blessed. See, let me tell you something there. Solomon said, a fool knows nothing. Now, listen to what I mean. When he said, it should have been obvious that a fool knows nothing. But Solomon is here to say it. What is he trying to say here? Eh? If you are not careful to pursue knowledge, ignorance will kill you. As a Christian, you can't afford to be stupid. You can't afford to be spiritually ignorant. They will make a mismeat of your soul. They will. Let God fill you with his word. Because without God's word, people say, my spirit says, your spirit knows nothing except the word is fully full inside that place. So, thank God for spiritual manifestations that may help us. But God expects at certain times you should know certain things. Say, so, I want to pray for you now. Now, lay your hands on me. I won't answer you. There are men I respect. If Bishop Oedipo stands in front of me and says that, I will not answer him. If Kenegi rises from the dead and says that, I won't answer him. I say, you told us, sir, to be stick last for the world. Show me three scriptures where the man that's about to be blessed is the one laying hands on the one blessing him. Show me. But they did it. And I hear that shake my head. Why? Because you are giving money. One million, two million, five million. One that heaven has not seen before. So when I gave that offering, heaven shook. Jesus said, the woman that gave two mites gave more than you. What's all this noise? You know what they gave two mites? In today's naira, that's like 20 naira. Because about the smallest money we spend now is that our 10 naira note. Yes. So that's all she had. Jesus said, she gave more than you. All this was your 10 million. Jesus said, she gave more than you. Why are you making noise? He was checking the offering basket. This one gave 20 naira. That one sold a dangerous seed of 25 million. 
Jesus said that this woman gave more than him. So as a Christian, say, please, these people are out there to make merchandise of people's souls. I'll just be looking at you like this. I have one habit. There's no story you want to tell. There's no story you want to tell. I'm not giving money if I don't want to give money. What I'm going to say is that, don't promise me any blessing. If I use money to ask God for a blessing, he will punish me. So, the cure for fear is a greater fear. I fear God more than I'm looking for blessing. I know what God will say, so what is it that you want, you think I can't do for you? If you just simply ask. If you give an offering, please, I've said, you know, some people just will not, we will not hear. Because you gave a dangerous seed. So, Pastor, how come my seed go like that? Your seed has gone. Leave that in. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm talking about those preachers. That day, that guy came. My, my friend was saying, the guy came to see him. I told him, go and tell him that it's not hard. That you see all those cars he brought. You should burn them. I said, that house he built. You should burn it. Somebody says, it's against the law to burn the house. I went and investigated. no. If the house is your own and there's nobody inside. And in case you're not sure, hire a bulldozer. That one is not against the law. It says for remodeling. So why are you breaking the house? It's remodeling. What are you remodeling? I'm remodeling my spirit. When I break the house, we'll remodel it from a story building to a flat ground where the Lord can dwell. It's not remodeling. And when you finish, donate the land to local government. Don't even give it to a church. I don't think you should give it to a church. Don't even make it a children's place center. They will enjoy themselves there. <laughs> Refuse dump. You bury a ground. If they go and bury those want to go to heaven, would they agree to? <laughs> I'm just wondering. It's defiled. The whole place is totally defiled. The best place thing to use it for is, is dustbin. I don't know. But just get it out of your life. And they tell the man to go and do that. And the spirits will go. Once he does that, you tell the spirits, now I command in the name of Jesus, leave this man alone. They will go away. They won't come back. In fact, he can deliver himself. He can say, Satan, I have, I have no part in you. You have no part in me. There's only one problem, which is where people don't like it. They don't like to obey. You know the problem is? You will become poor again. See, that poverty you ran away from, that made you join those people, you are going back there. You are going to go back there. And let me tell you, as a child of God, it's better. There is nothing with not having a house on the earth, but having mansions in heaven. Is that not better? This heaven we are talking about, I want you to know it is real. It has to be real. This earth is too short for the heaven not to be real. It's too short. If somebody lives to be 100 years old, you say, wow, wow, 100 years. And you tell me there's no heaven. It has to exist. The life is too short. Just Do you know how short 100 years is? I've already done more than half of it. And you know why I feel so young to myself? At times I'm just feeling young, you know? <laughs> you don't know me. Sometimes, you know, we're on top, top floor here, right? I run up. I run. I come up there. I can't smell, but at this, I don't faint. <laughs> you see the size of things I carry sometimes. If I decide, let me just do small workout. 
Tell him. This life is too short for heaven not to be real. And it's too short for you to, to invest your whole existence in pleasure here. That's what I'm making. It's too short. It's too short. For goodness sake, it's simple common sense tells that even if there's a 0.001% of eternity being real, you don't want to take the chance. What am I going to say here? Listen. Many people are not delivered. Now, let me finish. That. So, pastors, please, check your life. It is not that immorality. That, go and read my book, please. I'm asking again. After all, you know, I thank God for some things he has done in my life, which is like when I tell you to go and buy a book, go and read the book. Read one of my books. You know I'm not trying to sell to you. After all, you are going to download it free of charge. So please download it as I'm speaking. Go to pastor.ng. You will see there. If you are doing your mobile, open the menu. You see books. It's there. You click. Most of the books there are not up to three megabytes. Drops in your device. The book has some volume. But a lot of Christians don't like to read. But when I was a young believer, that was not a big book. But please read it. My emphasis in that one is that you see that you are in bondage because you set your heart wrongly. And except you correct that compass of where your heart is set, you can never have true deliverance. Many people are not delivered. Let's not get back to that. That's just an aside. Many people are not delivered because they've not, they are not ready to fully follow. They have other things they are following, not Christ. They are not taking up their cross, dying daily and following him. Jesus is still being used as a pathway to other things. Many people are answering the call to ministry because this is one way, you know, to become great in life. They think for you to be a successful minister, and that, you know, I was saying something earlier. Please, preacher, stop this nonsense preaching of success that we are carrying everywhere. It is demonizing the body of Christ. It is. Let's go back to preaching like New Testament, where people are not afraid of poverty. To them, it's nothing. As long as I fulfill the call of God in my life, there's no way you will want to twist it. Paul in the Bible was not rich. I'm not saying being rich is evil. Did I say so? But Paul in the Bible certainly was not rich. Most certainly, if we want to go by the evidence of scripture, he wasn't. You know, Christians are fantastic twisters. When you see preachers sometimes want to twist things, I say, oh God, Joe, this Bible will break. The way you are going to it here. They connect 10 scriptures to make, and if you took one of those, each of those scriptures openly, it, what he said would have been clear. If Paul was rich, why was he making things to buy food? If Paul was rich, why would he tell you that many times they went without food? If Paul was rich, why did Demas depart? Leave that thing. Hey. They had to gather offerings and say to Paul. And Paul told them, guys, I'm used to going hungry. So you brought abundance. He says, it's not going to change me. Don't even try to twist the scriptures as if Paul was rich. Praise God. He had a rich guy. Amen. Praise God. If he was alive today, amen. He will be flying a private jet. Amen. He's a lie. If he was alive today, he will go everywhere he has to go. How he will get there, we don't know, but he will go. There are times he will go on Keke. There are times he will go on Alukupu. You don't know what's Alukupu. 
Well, like, after they tell you what's that look? <laughs> You know, you know why they call it alupupu in Yoruba? Have you ever heard motorcycle start? That's what they call alupupu. <laughs> Sometimes he will ride a bicycle. Sometimes he will go in an S-class. I've gone to preach before. My host said, man of God, tomorrow we'll go in the, we'll go in the limousine. I'm not joking. And of course, in the morning when I came out, they brought out one stretch Lincoln. And they opened the door. The man of God should enter. I entered, JJ. No problem. <laughs> I entered. I mean, I entered. The car was so long that when I want to turn, one of our escorts, we have to go and block the road to give the driver time to maneuver the vehicle. He said, man of God, tomorrow we'll go in the, in, in the limo. I said, no problem, sir. I came down in the morning, the limo was parked outside. And I entered. One day I arrived, they said, ah, they said the Rose Rose to go and pick me up. I mean, I've entered motor. <laughs> I've entered motor, I'm telling you. All kinds of cars. And then when I finished that one, I, I landed in Enugu. I had one old care optima waiting to take me back home. I mean, you know, we didn't die. Did you notice that? No, we didn't. We survived. We still praise the gospel. Gone to all kinds, listen. But to tell them that Paul was rich, no, he wasn't. But the work was always done. And that is the emphasis for believers. The work will be done. That's the emphasis. Then the Lord can add, do you get my point? Other things. We're not saying the other things are evil. But they can never be our focus. And they can never be our goal. And they can never be our measure of success. Never. You are not satisfied without those things, God won't give them to you. Now, please let me explain what I'm saying. Don't even use in style. Say, God, you know, my mate, once you say it like that, James said, You are not asking in faith. You are asking in lust. Please, what I'm saying, I hope it is clear. The reason why many times we don't have deliverance, that's what I'm saying, we don't fully follow. Jesus is a means to our worldly. Pursuit. Many people don't like to steal simply because they will not become rich according to scripture. But riches is what they are still looking for. I don't know whether you're getting my point. And they feel very righteous because they are not stealing. But God said, no, that's one half level of righteousness. That your focus in life is still that wealth is a problem. And, and that's what he said. His own is that that's why God doesn't do that shall not steal. For Christians. He doesn't do that and not steal for Christians. Like, it's too low. It's too low. It's too low. See, there are different levels in life. Eh? When it comes to this issue of exchange of resources, there are three levels. There's the giving level, which is the highest level. To be a giver. Then there's a lower, much lower level to, is to be a beggar. The worst is to be a thief. Three levels. The highest level is that you are a giver. Everything you are doing in life, the primary thing in your mind is that how can I be a giver? I'm starting a business. How will it give to people? So, but won't they pay me? Listen, do you know a business can be structured in such a manner that whoever is paying you is getting more out of you than what he's giving you? 
You say, what do you mean I can easily explain? I can easily explain. This is my easy explanation. Let us assume now that, okay, like yesterday my wife, you know, we are not many in the house right now, you know. So sometimes going through the hassle of cooking and all of that, sometimes maybe not necessary. Say, let's order food. Okay? Now, this is where I'm going. Because I told her, okay, can I, let me drive you somewhere. Let's go and eat there. <clears throat> she was reluctant to you know, start getting ready, dress up, and then go out. He said, we'll order the food. Now, we didn't order, but I just wanted to give you an, an idea. If I had to drive out of my house, the inconvenience of my wife dressing up, me dressing up, then driving my car, my engine has six cylinders, even though it's very efficient, but it's still six cylinders. I drive down there, come back, just estimate how much that money is worth. Now, now the inconvenience, the engine, the fuel, the wear and tear on my car. Just give me an estimate. It doesn't have to be big. Just, no, I'm asking. <laughs> Pastor, man, you are rich. Oh. No, 5,000 is huge. No, just, eh? Uh, okay. Ah, you guys are all rich guys, man. I was going to estimate something like 500 naira to 800 naira. Okay, let's just say 1,000. All right, let's just say 1,000. Okay, you, okay, you're looking at me like a big man that's my inconvenience. Okay, 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 sorry. I forgot that. And then for two, oh, yes, okay. Ah, it's true, you're very value. That I could have written another tract. You are very correct. So let's assume it's, it's 2,000. Okay, can we just say 2,000 there? Now, the people who deliver the food, as an example, if the food you are buying, maybe a plate is uh, maybe 1,005 and you buy two, 3,000, then they say, they, if they say the bike man will come and deliver it for 500 naira. Now, let me ask you. And when he arrives, I give him 500 naira. How much has he saved me from our calculation here? No, from, we agree. We, okay, we said 2,000, right? Okay, let's just say 2,000. Okay, yeah, you are, you are doing the calculation, right? Yes. So he saved me 2,000. I pay him 500. He has saved me 1,005. Can you see he has given more to me than he has taken from me? He gave me 2,000. He took 500. That's how businesses are structured in the mind of a believer. So even though I'm paying him, what he's actually giving to me is more than what I'm giving to him. So he's a giver. Do you follow my point? So if he does that regularly, at the end of the day, he's giving, without giving cash, he's giving between 1,000 naira to 2,000 naira to different people every day. And each one is giving 500 naira, 500 naira, 500 naira. I don't know if they say he's making money. The truth is that he's giving more than he's collecting. That's a simple calculation. It's the reason why, even though this festival is sold maybe 1,000 naira, I don't know how much my wife gave me all these things, so I don't know how they said that, but let's just say it's 1,000 naira in the market. If one guy in front of my house is selling for 1,100, he's giving to me. Because for me to go to the market, there's a lot of inconvenience. But for me to just walk down the street, can I have one? I pay him 1,100. That 100 naira is actually buying for me a lot of time, a lot of discomfort is being removed. Do you follow my point? Now, so, as a believer, you can structure your life that you are always giving. Even though you are getting paid. But you are always what? Giving. Just, you see, for me, just have the thoughts. So there are different levels in life. Let's go over them again. Number one, the giving life. The second one is what? The begging. Taking from people without giving them anything back. And the third one is, that one is going to hell fire. You know what God says? The curse of the Lord 
It's in the house of the thief. That's the truth. The cross of the Lord. Is, now, I'm going to say something here. So as believers, real following is where the full deliverance is. You can't pray people out of uh, deliver people by force who are not ready to follow the Lord fully. No, you can't. You can't pray people into deliverance by force. If they are, see, deliver them today. The demons are coming back. The only thing that keeps those spirits out of your life and keeps you in perpetual freedom is that you follow the Lord fully. You cut away everything in the world. Because Satan, Satan needs receptors. We call them in physiology. Receptors, something to attach to. If I give somebody insulin injection, it doesn't just work. It looks for insulin receptors. So it doesn't work on every cell. Only the cells that have that. Many things floating around. You know, even virus. It has to have a place to attach. That's why the viruses that affect the eye and the nose, you understand? They may not affect any other place because they can't attach. That's how spirits are. They need a place to what? Attach. They do. So we have a wrong, wrong focus in life, attachment. We keep worldliness in our lives, they attach. We keep bitterness in our souls, they attach. So Jesus said, the prince of this world is coming, but he has no attachment. So you want to deliver people fully. You can go there, strike the demon, they run away. Then the guy keeps all the receptors waiting. They will come back, seven spirits, more wicked. Let me go back to the beginning so I can end this short exhortation. If you need deliverance, don't follow them, please, people of God. I'm giving instructions to people today. You go for, let me start again. Many people, it is where they go for prayer, they are picking up demons. I said that along the line, just want to emphasize it. If you are one of those that go from prayer house to prayer house, you are demon oppressed. You may not be demon possessed yet, but you are demon oppressed. What I have found out with those prayer house visiting people, a number of evil spirits that follow them around. They have this paranoia spirit. Everywhere they go, a spirit said that they want to afflict you. Many people, they were mentally normal until they went to a prayer house. After that, they start hearing voices. There are people that their visits to prayer houses was where their mental problems began. You want to start hearing voices, doctors will put you on antipsychotic drugs. I'm telling you. I give you an instruction today. Avoid prayer houses. Pastor, we shouldn't pray. I said prayer house. <laughs> you know, prayer houses are very funny people. You know, many years ago, if you say this, it's going to make you laugh. <laughs> Lord, I just thank you. Please, before I tell you the story, eh, please, I'm begging you now. Learn the scriptures. Learn spiritual things. Know how God wants you to walk. It will set you free. I'm not bragging, but I've been free for a very long time. Ask my wife. When we first met, my wife told me I was a strange Christian. But after a while, she said, this strange Christian is a good one. I'm not joking about it. Most December 31st, I'm either sleeping or watching fireworks. I'm hardly where they are praying. I don't know why. Pastor Frank, you don't pray until the new year. I can't see the difference between last year and next new year. Maybe you can't. I just can't. I don't have the ability. Say tomorrow is January 1st. So? I'm just wondering, it's not January 1st. Is it my birthday? On my birthday, you pray for me to a new season. Is that not what you did? Then why must I come again on January 1st to get a new season? How many new seasons in my life? That is, see, just January 1st, it doesn't. You know, I don't know. It doesn't excite me. 
It doesn't excite me. I don't just get it. But my wife is a very nice social person, so I must drive her to church. <laughs> so many times I just drive, then I go and stay on the phone. I'm calling somebody, and I'm watching fireworks. When I finish, when I call me. Then I will drive you back, go home. I don't want my wife driving her around by herself at 1 a.m. So I'm just protecting my investment. That's all that I'm just uh... <laughs> now, now, get my point. I'm not saying it's evil. I just, just not my thing. And you know, maybe when you know too much, sometimes, some, too many things you're confused. I say, look, this January 1st was not always the new year. I hope you know. It used to be March 1st. New year used to be March 1st. You're not aware. That's why December. What's a decagon? How many sides is a decagon? What's an octagon? How many sides? How come your October is the 10th month and December is the 12th month? Something's wrong. You never thought about it? The reason why it's like that is that originally October was the 8th month because March 1st was the first month of the year. So October was the 8th month. So it was called October. And December was the 10th month. And February was the last month of the year. Many people did not know. So that's why December is, you know. <laughs> so I think it was um, one pope or one king that just, I think the Gregorian calendar uh, just got to say, hey, from now on, March 1st is the new year. Uh, January 1st, sorry. So it's no longer March 1st. Why? I, I, I don't know why. But it was done. At the time, they canceled 10 days out of one year. One day was maybe like March 12th. Next day was March 20, 23rd. <laughs> They can't do the 12 days or so. Is it? No, 14 days. Just wipe out 14 days out of one year. They were trying to arrange the movement of this. And the point they make is this. So you can understand that this don't really excite me. So please, once you bless me to the New Year on my birthday, you don't try. That January 1st, too. I'm just trying to say that's just the kind of person that I am. So many of the rituals we get involved in. I don't know why. Just wondering, like, what's wrong with you people? Now, I'm going to tell you a story. Now, why I took everything about how I am is that, see, there's a kind of understanding you will have. You will really be a free person. I hardly read meaning into strange things. But I read meaning into things people, other people don't read meaning into. For example, if I fall sick, I ask the Lord why. I am not supposed to be sick. I am not supposed to be sick. It's not, it's not, allowed. It's not allowed. I'm not saying I never fall sick. I'm just saying it is not allowed. So if it happens, we have to find out why. Last year, when I was quite down for, for weeks, I had to pray, Lord, what is going on? And I believe I got the answer. Many things, if bats fly across my window, it's a bird going somewhere. I don't know where it's going. I don't care. I really don't give a hoot. I don't really, I'm not superstitious on things like that. But if my motor jammed, I found out why. And it is not, a, I have never tried to find out whether it's an evil spirit. Never. If I, see, let me tell you something. If I even pray that prayer, God will punish me. So I don't even want his trouble at all. You know, they have, they, are you getting my point? Are, <laughs> one day, somebody was doing bad Niger thing. Somebody came to testify that they want, they want money. So my son was there. Actually. So he and his friend were not arguing. So he was like, this is nonsense. This cannot happen in the church. He was just arguing. So his friend now said, hey, come on, leave that thing. If you are the one that won two million, if you go home to that you show your father, I can look at him. You don't know my father. He said, "If I want that money, I can't go home. I can't even tell him. I don't know why I get my point because he knows now that first, before we discuss your two million naira, which we are going to throw away by the grace of God, when you started betting, 
It's the story you first tell me. Because I know that destruction is in front of every better. And everyone you win is a trap. I will not. If my son comes and says, Daddy, I want 10 million there. Can I have it? While he's watching, we'll transfer to orphanages. You know, strange ministries we don't know. Then I will ground him for one month. He's not, he will fast and pray. Ah, Daddy, go fast. <laughs> now, I just dropped down by the side. So we will learn something. So he knows the wrath of Daddy. So he told his friends, he said, You, don't get, you guys don't get it. That I can't date. It's not, it is not about, this is not, um, this is not doctrine. Is it good? No, no, no. I can't go home. In the same manner. There are things I can't do. I just they say, what would the Lord do to me? They go slap a person now. And if the Lord slaps you, your head cannot be straight after that. <laughs> I cannot pray that is it a witch pursuing me. I can't. If I do that, the Lord will pursue me by himself. And he will show up like a witch. <laughs> no, there's an understanding God will give you, my brethren. Your life will be free. I'm not bragging. I live free life. Oh. So who's pursuing me? I said, if you pursue me, you will fall into the Atlantic. That one I'm sure of. So I don't really worry my head. I don't. I don't. Your ministry is not growing. Some spirits say it won't grow. How can they? Spirits are trying to avoid me. If, so if there was a cult down this road, once we parked in here, they would have moved. Please, brethren, I don't know. I just feel like explaining that to people. There's freedom in this. Look, there's freedom. I went to preach somewhere one day. When I finished talking like this, they said, this pastor does not know African demons. <laughs> I said, why are you such a fool? Because listen to me. I'm saying it like this. You say, I don't know African demons. How come the African demons know you? They don't know me. Is that not the question you should have asked yourself? What gave this man this boldness to stand in front of us and talk about these African demons and evil spirits like this and witches? They were there again. Just, why? You know when people have given money to solve problems? You're not saying that they, they don't want to agree that that millionaire offering is nothing. Anyway, this, I tell you, give you a gist. When I was younger, this, I was shortly after I left school. I was supposed to travel. So I was waiting for the guy who was going to drive the taxi. So he said I should wait for him in front of his house. He's a funny guy. He used to pick me from house to house. You know, then he would travel. Right? So, that like, you book him ahead. Those, a lot of parents on my side, they liked the guy. He drove very nicely. He drove a, a wagon. And then he drove, you know, gentle guy. So your father will make sure that's the person that's carrying you to Lagos. So I was going to Lagos. So they booked his space in his vehicle for me. So I think my dad dropped me off in his house. So the man went out. I was waiting for him. I waited for a long time. So there was one church next to his house. That's the gist. I was just waiting for this taxi driver. In the church next to his house, I was hearing some guys arguing and fighting, cursing each other, laughing, doing everything. Say, nonsense, keep quiet. What is the problem? It is my, our family that made your family bishop. They go fight and fight and fight. Then after a while, a client will arrive. Then they will pray. Then they won't, that one will give offering and go. They will continue the fight. <laughs> You're not getting my point. I couldn't see them, but I could hear them. You will see this young man, you know that they are jobless. They are not discussing scripture. They were arguing, arguing, waiting for customers. And I'm not joking that way. They will now come, next the woman, I won't hear the voice, but you know a woman entered, will say something, then they will start hearing prayer. They will pray, pray. Just follow our army. Then the person will leave. Then they continue saying, what are you, shut up, my friend. 
the first bishop in your family, it was my grandfather that ordained him. No, now, the argument, argument. Then after the argument, we stop. Then you hear prayer. Then the argument will continue. <laughs> I was there for a long time. I said, so this is what people go to do in prayer houses. One day, in our Catholic church back at home, my mother was telling him this story. Reverend Father, they had, now this church was built by missionaries of those days. So they had this beautiful, if you get to the, what they call that place, where the pastor, uh, bishop stays. The Reverend Father. Eh? No, no, not bishop. The pastor. The, uh, yeah, the, the, no, not bishop's court. The parsonage. The parish house. When we were young, those men, you see, those when you both were, the first Reverend Father I knew in my life was a white man. So, you know, they lined the whole place with trees. They had this big dog when we were young. That dog was smart. So for us to go near that time, the cat kiss has to keep the dog away. The dog, you, you could roam around though, but if you just move around, the dog won't bother you. Very smart, beautiful dog. Then one day, they said one of the boys, we, we came there to play. They said he took something. The cat kiss said he was on that. He said he's not the one. He was arguing. Then suddenly he ran. That was the day I fell in love with dogs. In an instant, you know, this dog went, bam, bam, caught the guy, grabbed his trouser here and held him. Didn't bite him. Held his trouser. I waited for the cat kiss to reach there. So the cat kiss collected. <laughs> yeah. All of us, like, we respected that dog after that day. The dog gave the boy a chase, did not bite him, grabbed his trouser and held it. And the cat kiss arrived, collected the boy, said, hey, so like we were saying, <laughs> now it's that kind of environment. But of course, the white people have left now. Beautiful area. So the Reverend Father was staying there, this was a few years ago. Every night he's trying to sleep, he can't sleep. Because down the road, one of these prayer houses had opened. They will pray throughout the night. Loudspeaker and everything. So one day, you know, the way Reverend Fathers are, they are very intelligent, you know. They are not like Pentecostals. Pentecostals decrease, really, but Reverend Fathers generally. <laughs> they are same people. Remember that came out and walked down to the church one night. Said, let me go and talk to these people that the neighbors have to sleep. You know what he found? He entered the place. There was nobody there praying. There were three or two, two or three people who were fast asleep. <laughs> All the prayer you were hearing, they were recorded and playing from a tape. They put it on loudspeaker. You remember that looked like what? The guys were sleeping. Please. <laughs> What am I saying of these things? I don't feel, I feel like I should tell you something today. Stop going to prayer houses. That's where your problem comes from. They are the ones that made you very suspicious of your husband. You were not thinking of him as a problem before you went there. They were the ones that invited the thought that your wife is a witch into your life. And their familiar spirits that they use, they can convince you. They will tell you one or two things. You go home and go and ask your wife it to be correct. Then you believe all the other lies that come after. I feel like telling somebody today, stop going to prayer houses. They are demon infusion centers. One of my colleagues told me one day, just woke up in the morning, his wife just packed and left the house. He, she, he actually thought she went out. He said that he waited, she didn't come back. Ah, Went to look for her in her father's house. Then story beside going like this, like this, like this. Make a long story. That was years ago. She never came back. When he was telling me, he said, what is driving me mad? He said, I just want to know what happened. 
that what did I do? Just tell me what happened. That is, don't come back, but just give me an explanation. Give me closure, like Americans will say. He never got it. Now, why am I talking about it? When he told me, there was just one question I asked him. I said, do they go to prayer houses? That was the only question I asked him. He started thinking. He said, well, there was only one time someone, the, the girl's father gave him something. I said, because if they go to prayer houses, I've just given you the reason why he le- she left. Those guys are evil spirits. They break homes. It's their job. They just plant a thought. And that thought doesn't go away. Why? It's an evil spirit. It's not just a thought. It's an evil spirit. It sits on your shoulder. Reminds you every day. She's a witch. She's a witch. She's a witch. His mother is a witch. His mother is a witch. And suddenly you start seeing everything that proves it. You open a, a, a plate of a pandediam or amala or a bar you left behind. Somebody has caught a bit of it. Which normally if it's in my house, I know it's my wife. She's the only witch in my life. You open the fridge, you see a half-drunk bottle of Coke. Which if it's in my house, I know who did it. Only one person has the boldness to drink a drink halfway. That the desire, the boys want to finish it, so they don't <laughs> all this half thing. <laughs> but you suddenly start seeing things like that. And these spirits they help you understand. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. I'm, these guys will run you crazy. One day, my wife, that's her sister, saw a cousin. They went for a function, a wedding, a family event. Just went to meet the cousin. Let's assume the girl's name is, um, just a name, Angela. Sorry, if you're Angela, just keep using your name because. Just say, oh, Angela, how now? Long time. Where are you now? You can't know where I am. You people can't know where I am. <laughs> no, just say, okay, do I don't know where you are. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. That is, do you get my point? The way you just greet, ah, where are you now? Because you want to know, are you using Enugu? Or you have gone to Abakiliki? Or you're not in Lagos? That's a normal question. That was, you can't know where I am. You can't know where I am. You people cannot know where I am. Prayer house has driven her crazy. Believe me, there was nothing wrong with her mentality. This has happened in churches. They turn, they, they turn you to be, and evil spirits make you paranoid. You continue like that, within five years, you are going to be a psychiatric case. So I'll give it to you again. I forbid you, under God, from going to prayer houses. There's no prayer you can't pray at home. And anybody that's pointing to you who is doing you is a liar. I, no, when I say people don't believe, I will say it again. I will say it again. Saying it is my portion. Any prophet who prays and reveals to you who is spiritually behind your problems is a false prophet. Including when he tells that it's your great grandfather. That sold your family into slavery is the same thing. Pastor Banky, my pastor, I said, yeah, he says, okay, there's a new, there's a new level of prophecies, prophets I've not identified before. There are stupid prophets too. Ignorant prophets. Because there's nobody here. Are we not all Africans? Is anybody here whose great-grandfather did not worship idols? You are not a European. No? I don't care what you are thinking. Because you now speak like this. You are not a European. If you're an African... I can, some of you are so young, your grandfather was going to church. But there's nobody here that the great grandfather 
And great grandmother did not worship an idol. That's all we worshiped down here a few hundreds of years ago. I hope you're getting my point. So you have a problem now. There's nothing strange. Diane, you know, your, your great grandfather used to worship a batala. You pray for me. What is your great grandfather worship? <laughs> it's the same deliverance, Christ Jesus. So identifying to, for me who was worshiping who is irrelevant. A genuine prophet. You know, I was reading my Bible and I found that Ezekiel, Jeremiah said, Who would have assumed that Jeremiah was a pastor? Jeremiah said, I have not, he said, I have not shied away from being a shepherd to your people. King James used the word, from being a pastor to your people. That is, Jeremiah only identified the sins of the people as the cause of their problems. A true prophet will teach you the word of God and show you where you are disobeying God. That's not letting the deliverance that Christ has begotten for you be perfected in your life. A true prophet never points fingers to anybody apart from you. The Lord is good. I hope you understood me today. Can we rise to our feet and just give the Lord thanks for freedom? That's all. Just thank God because you are free. And I want everybody to know there's no bondage in your life. You are free. Begin to give the Lord thanks for that freedom. Say, Lord, I thank you. I'm free. I'm free. Christ Jesus has set me 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 free. Please give the Lord thanks for that. You are free. By that thanksgiving, you are breaking every bondage. All evil spirits that have been whispering in your ears, you cast them away right now. Yes, because you recognize the freedom you have in Christ. Upon you, upon your family. Remember, just pray, preach for everybody around you to believe. What they need is faith in Christ Jesus. Please, take a minute. Pray. Pray for somebody in your family that, Lord, open the eyes of my brother, my sister, my cousin, my father, my mother, somebody, to know the truth of the gospel, that deliverance in Christ Jesus. Lord, I'm asking that you send your laborers into their harvest. Let them know the truth of the gospel. Lord, I'm asking, by your spirit, open their heart. That's real freedom. That's real freedom. That's real freedom. Ask the Lord to set your family free by the entrance of his word. That you open their hearts. Ask the Lord to have mercy on their iniquities. So that their ears will not be deadened so that they cannot answer. They, they cannot understand. Say, Lord, open their hearts. Lord, open their hearts. Give them light. Give them understanding. That's real freedom. That's real freedom. There's no freedom anywhere else. Fasting is not freedom. All night prayer is not freedom. It is the light of Jesus that is true freedom. He said, you shall know the truth. You shall know the truth. And that truth shall make you free. It's in knowledge. The truth is Jesus Christ. Grace and truth were realized through Christ Jesus. Say, Lord, give them the truth. That's the only way you do village deliverance. Forget all these jokes. People crack all over the place. Binding demons. You don't can't bind demons with people who have not believed. But you can pray for your village this evening. See, Lord, let your light shine upon that community. Lord, send your laborers into our harvest field. I wanted somebody here to get ready to spend his or her money to bring crusade to that place. You'll be ready to spend your money, your resources to bring the truth, to establish a, 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 I don't want to use the word church, a place where the word of God will be taught. It can be a church, but to establish it in that community, that is what they need. Enough of this deliverance prayer and cutting trees. 
Pray, pray. I want you to ask God. Mention your brother's name. Father God, open his eyes. Don't let the God of this world confuse him. Lord, in the name of Jesus, concerning him, I ask that the God of this world be restrained so that he cannot prevent him from understanding the glory of Christ Jesus. Satan, take your hands off him. In the name of Jesus. Know the truth. Call his name. Call her name. Know the truth. Receive the truth of Christ. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you that you will understand and you will receive the truth of Christ Jesus. That you will know and understand the truth of Christ Jesus. And for for those who are believers that you know, I pray for them that God will give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the, the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened. That they will know what Christ Jesus did for them on the cross. Enough of walking in darkness for them. Say, Lord, light, shine the light of understanding into the life of my friend, into the life of my brother, into the life of my father. They are Christians. They should know. Say, Lord, pour that spirit, the hunger to know Christ into their lives. Pour the hunger to know Jesus into them. Lord, I pray. Please, somebody here today, pray for your husband. Pray for your husband. Say, Lord, please, don't let him walk in darkness. That is why you are a wife. Number one assignment of wives is to pray for their husbands, not to cook for them. Enough, I want you to forsake anger. Don't be angry with him anymore. Forgive him. Many people are misbehaving because they are under bondage. Say, Lord, I pray that this man... I, his husband, there's somebody, you need to pray for him. He's not doing what he's doing with, like they say, ordinary eye, like we say. Not with clear eyes. Say, Lord, I make intercession that his eyes will be open to see the truth. Say, concerning him, I bind the spirit of blindness. Lord, I give my voice and authority to his freedom. I bind the spirit of blindness. The spirit of confusion. Somebody listening also, you have to pray for your wife. Your wife is misbehaving. It is not because she wants to misbehave. An evil spirit has been let into the house. Kick out that spirit with prayer. And pray that God will reveal to you how it came in. So that that door can be closed. Because we can't leave that door open. Oh, it's freedom tonight. It's freedom. This is how freedom comes. This is how freedom comes. Give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, we thank you. Say, Father, we thank you. Say, Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed.